This week's Parsha is Parsha's Yisroi, and we'll start with the beginning of the Parsha, which is chapter 18, verse number 1. The Pasuk starts, Vaishma Yisroi Koye Midian Choyse Moshe, Yisroi, the priest of Midian, or the minister of Midian, the father-in-law of Moshe, heard, Everything that Elohim, that Hashem did to Moshe and to Israel, his nation, that Hashem took out the Jewish nation from Egypt. The first Rashi on the Parsha says, that it's written that Israel heard. What did Israel hear that caused them to come and join the Jewish people? Rashi answers, Kriyas Yamsuf, the tearing up of the sea, meaning the splitting of the sea, Umilchemes Amolek, and the war against Amolek. Note that in this first pasuk it's written that Israel heard everything that Elohim did to Moshe and to Israel, his nation. It uses the word Elohim, which normally it's the attribute of Hashem that defines strength and justice. And afterwards it says, Kihoiti Hashem as Israel Mimitzrayim, that Hashem took out the Jewish people from Egypt. There it uses the shame Yudke Vavke, which denotes kindness, which is normally the word that defines justice. And then continues, Ki Oitzi Hashem es Israel, Mimitzrayim, that Hashem took out Israel from Egypt. There it uses the name Hashem, Yudke Vavke, which denotes kindness. And we have to understand why, in fact, did Yisroi change from Elohim to Hashem? What is the meaning of the words of Israel? There is a famous answer for Rab Heschel in Sefer Hanukkah Zatoyre, which I mentioned in previous years, where Rab Heschel brings from Shemos chapter 4, verse number 14, where there it's written, after Moshe Rabbeinu was delaying in going to Egypt to tell Paro to let the Jewish people go, Hashem got angry at Moshe Rabbeinu, and the Gemara in Zevachim, Daf Kuf Beis, Ahmed Beis 102b, says that every time Hashem gets angry, it has repercussions. And the Gemara there says that the repercussions that happened here is that originally Moshe Rabbeinu was supposed to be the Kohen, the priest, and Aharon, his brother, was supposed to be the Levite, the one that serves the Kohen. But because of Moshe Rabbeinu's delay, he didn't want to do Hashem's bidding. Therefore, he was punished that he became the Levite and Ahar Nakoyan became the priest, meaning that he was downgraded to a Levite, the one who serves the Koyan, and not the priest himself. The Torah in Parshas Emor, chapter 21 of Aikra, verse number 7, gives very special halachas rules for Kohanim. The Torah there says, that a Koyan is not allowed to marry a woman who is a harlot or has been desecrated, and and a woman who is divorced by her husband, a Koyan may not take, because he is holy to Hashem, meaning the Koyan has a special holiness, and therefore a Koyan is not allowed to marry a harlot, is not allowed to marry a woman who has been desecrated, and is not allowed to marry a divorcee, including his own divorcee. Meaning that if a Koyan divorces somebody, and then he wants to remarry that person, the Koyan 
is not allowed to do it. Therefore, the rabbis actually instituted a very complicated bill of divorce for a koyen in order to make sure that he wants to get divorced and he's not doing it impetuously because once he does it, he's not allowed to remarry this woman. Pasuk number two in our parsha says, Vaikach Yisrael Choyse Moshe, that Yisrael, the father of Moshe, took, as Sipoira Eshes Moshe, Sipoira, the wife of Moshe, Achar Shilucheo, after he sent her away. Rashi explains that originally Moshe Rabbeinu was bringing his wife and children back to Egypt with him. Aharon sees them, and Aharon asks Moshe Rabbeinu, where are you taking them? Moshe Rabbeinu says, I'm taking them to Egypt. Aharon protests and says, on the people that are there, we are paint. You are bringing new people to be enslaved in Egypt. Rashi says that Moshe Rabbeinu agreed with Aharon's argument. And Moshe Rabbeinu told her, Go back to your father's house. Tzipora decided to take her two children and she went back to her father, to Yisroi. And now Yisroi is coming to Moshe Rabbeinu and is bringing back Tzipora after he sent her out. Sefer Hanukkah Satoira points out that the language used is Achar Shilucheo after he sent out. This is the same language that it's used in Parshas Kiseitze, chapter 24, verse number 1 and verse number 3, where there the Torah is describing sending her out as a way of divorce. Because the Torah says that if a man is going to marry a woman and he's not going to find favor in his eye because he found acts of immorality, he should write her a bill of divorce, the Nosam Bayado, he should give it in her hands, the Shilchami Beiso, and he should send her out from his house. So we see that when it's written the word Shilucheo or Shilcha, it means by divorce, meaning you send her out to her house by divorce. And since here it's written Achar Shilucheo, after he sent her out, that means that Moshe Rabbeinu decided that since he doesn't know what's going to happen in Egypt or how long he's going to be in Egypt, he divorced his wife and told her to go back to Yisroi. According to this, we can understand now what it's meant by Asher Osa, Eloikim Moshe, what Eloikim did to Moshe Rabbeinu, meaning what the attribute of justice did to Moshe Rabbeinu, meaning that if Moshe Rabbeinu would have been the Kohen, as originally it was designed to be before Moshe Rabbeinu decided to delay the process by not going to Egypt, then there was no purpose for Yisrael to bring back Tzipora to Moshe Rabbeinu. Because since Moshe Rabbeinu divorced Tzipora before he came down to Egypt, then there was no purpose in bringing her back since Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't remarry Tzipora anyways since he was a coin. But now that the attribute of justice affected Moshe Rabbeinu, and Moshe Rabbeinu was punished for his delay, that he is not the coin anymore, that he is the levy, now Israel could bring back Moshe Rabbeinu's wife even after divorce, because there is no prohibition for a levy or Israel to marry a divorcee. Then according to this, Sefer Hanukkah Zator explains that the beginning of the Pasha, it says that Israel saw Eloikim Moshe, that Eloikim did to Moshe Rabbeinu, that is meant that Israel realized that Hashem punished Moshe Rabbeinu, that he is not the Kohen, and now he is a levy. Therefore, Yisrael decided to bring Tzipora after the divorce, because now he is allowed to marry her. But regarding the Jewish people, Yisrael, Hashem, 
as Israel Mitzrayim, that Hashem, the attribute of mercy, took the Jewish people of Egypt, and that is how Sefer Hanukkah Sator explains the idea why it's written the word Elohim. I saw another interpretation of why it's written the word Elohim regarding Moshe Rabbeinu, but that has to do with what is written on Parshas Shmas, chapter 4, verse number 24. There the Pesach says, It was in the way to the lodging, to the hotel, and Hashem encountered him, and Hashem tried to kill him. Rashi explains that the angel tried to kill Moshe Rabbeinu because Moshe Rabbeinu did not circumcise Eliezer, his son, and because Moshe Rabbeinu delayed in the circumcision of Eliezer, therefore he was punished by death. Rashi brings the Gemara in a Dorim Daflamat Alavamat Base 31b, where there the Gemara says that Moshe Rabbeinu's thinking was that if he circumcises Eliezer right now, then he has to wait three days for the child to recover, because since Moshe Rabbeinu originally was taking his wife and two children to Egypt, it would be too dangerous to take Eliezer right after circumcision. And he can't wait three days because Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu to go to Egypt right away. Therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu decided that he will not circumcise Eliezer until he gets to where he is going. But now, when he came to his lodging, and Moshe Rabbeinu decided that he is going to deal with his lodging before he circumcises Eliezer, at this point, the angel came and tried to kill Moshe Rabbeinu because Moshe Rabbeinu delayed in performing the mitzvah of circumcision. And the apostle continues and says that Zipporah circumcised Eliezer, thereby saving Moshe Rabbeinu. According to this interpretation, Mephoshim explained that when the Pasuk says, Vaishma Yisroi, that Yisroi heard, everything that Elohim did to Moshe Rabbeinu, everything that Elohim did to Moshe Rabbeinu, comes to answer Rashi's question. Rashi asks a question, what did Yisroi hear that caused him to come and join the Jewish people? Rashi answers that he heard, but according to this Mephoshim, the answer is that Israel heard everything that Elohim did to Moshe Rabbeinu, meaning that Israel saw that even though Moshe Rabbeinu had intended to circumcise Eliezer, but the fact that he delayed the circumcision of Eliezer made him liable for death, so much so that Zipporah had to save him. Had Zipporah not saved him, then Moshe Rabbeinu technically would have died because he delayed in circumcising Eliezer, then Yisrael realized that if he delays his own circumcision, his own conversion, he'll be liable for death. He did not wait till the Jewish people come into Eretz Israel and then come to join the Jewish people. He came to the desert because he saw everything that Elohim did to Moshe Rabbeinu, everything that the attribute of justice did to Moshe Rabbeinu, how the attribute of justice is so exacting that he was going to kill Moshe Rabbeinu because Moshe Rabbeinu was delaying the circumcision, clearly Yisroi, which wanted to join the Jewish people and needed to circumcise also, if he would have delayed it, he would have been liable for death. Therefore, Yisroi decided to join the Jewish people in the desert because he heard everything that Elohim did to Moshe Rabbeinu. He would not join the Jewish people before in Egypt because he didn't want to be enslaved. But after Kriyas Yamsuf and after Mechem Zamalek, Yisrael decided to join right away the Jewish people and not delay because he saw everything 
that Elohim did to Moshe Rabbein? We are going to try to give another answer on this idea of Elohim and Hashem, but we'll wait a little longer and answer more questions. We will skip a few psukim and we'll continue in Pasuk number 8. Pasuk number 8 says, Vaisaper Moshe lechosnoi. Moshe told his father-in-law, Everything that Hashem did to Paroi and to the Egyptians on behalf of the Jewish people, all the travails that happened to them on the way, and Hashem had saved them, Hashem had rescued them. And Rashi explains that what is the trouble, the travails that the Jewish people endured, Rashi says that this is Kriyas Yamsuf, the crossing of the sea, and Milchemes Amolek, and the war with Amolek. These are the things that Moshe Rabbeinu told Yisroi. Therefore, Rashi is bothered what is the purpose of Moshe Rabbeinu telling Yisroi about the war against Amolek and about the crossing of the sea, if, according to Rashi, that is exactly what Yisroi heard that caused them to come to join the Jewish people. Because Rashi says there, Vaishma Yisro Yisroi heard. Rashi asks, What did Yisroi hear? Rashi says that Yisroi heard the Kriyas Yamsuf and Milchemes Amolek, the crossing of the sea, and the fight of Amolek, therefore he came to join. If that is true, then Rashi asks, Why does Moshe Rabbeinu have to tell Yisroi again about the crossing of the sea and about the war of Amolek? Rashi answers, that the reason he does that, to draw his interest to bring him close to Torah, meaning that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to emphasize the miracles that Hashem did in order for Yisroi to feel good and want to join the Jewish people. This is the explanation of the Mizrach and the Sirsachachomim on this Rashi. But in truth, we do not have to come to this explanation. Because a lot of times you hear about something, but you did not witness it. You do not know all the details. And now that you encounter somebody that actually lived through that situation, you start asking him questions and that person gives you explanations, which actually opens up your heart and you find out all the minute details of that happening. Meaning that Yisroi heard about Kriya Siamsuf and he heard about Milchemes Amolek. But he didn't know all the details, all the particulars, all the miracles that happened inside the sea. Therefore, even though Moshe Rabbeinu already knew that Israel had already heard about those miracles, nonetheless, Moshe Rabbeinu decided to recount and retell those miracles to Israel. Furthermore, could be that even though Israel had already heard about those miracles, nonetheless, he allowed Moshe Rabbeinu to recount them because he followed what I heard once from my Rosh Hashiva, the Vinerov, regarding the Mishnah in Avois, chapter 5, Mishnah test, Mishnah 9. There the Mishnah lists, Shiva Dvarim Begoylem, seven traits characterize a Goylem, an uncultivated person, a fool. The Shiva Bechachom and seven things characterize a learned person, a wise man. And one of the things that characterize a learned person is Almashul Shoma. Omar Loishomati, something that he has not heard, he says, I have not heard. And then the Mishnah continues, and the opposite is by a fool, by somebody who is uncultivated. And the simple interpretation on this Mishnah is 
that a wise person, when he hasn't heard something, he says he did not hear. And the opposite by a fool is that when a fool didn't hear something, he says that he has heard it already. But Maira Shushiva says that when it says Vechilufeyam and the opposite, it means that both statements are the opposite. Meaning that a wise person says on something that he didn't hear, that he didn't hear. But a fool says on something that he heard, that he heard it already. And Maira Shushiva explains why is that considered a fool. Because a wise person would let the other person say it again, even though that he heard it. He would never say that he heard it because he would like to hear the other person express the same idea in different way. Because every time two people give over the same idea, each one uses different example, different mannerism and different ideas to put forth that point. Therefore, even though a wise person already heard that idea, he would let the person repeat it for him to get a different angle for him to get a different emphasis and from him to be able to see it from a different point of view and a different perspective. But a fool, once he heard something, he says, ah, I already heard it. And could be, therefore, even though Yisroi had already heard about Milchem Samolek and Kriyas Yamsuf, nonetheless, he wouldn't tell Moshe Rabbeinu that he heard it because he is a wise person. And a wise person lets the other one express himself in a different way, in a different point of view. Therefore, it could be that even though Yisroi already heard what happened to Kriyas Yamsuf and what happens to Melchem Samolek, but since Yisroi was a wise person, he would not stop Moshe Rabbeinu from explaining in his own way what happened in Melchem Samolek and what happened in Kriyas Yamsuf. We will try to give a different interpretation of what Moshe Rabbeinu told Yisroi, but before we do that, we'll continue with the next pasuk. The next pasuk says, Vayichad Yisroi and Rashi translates as Israel rejoiced. I'll call Toiva and all the goodness. Rashi says the goodness is the man that the Jewish people received man, the Be'er, the well of Miriam that we received water, the Torah and the Torah. Asher also Hashem Israel Hashem did to the Jewish people. Asher Mitzrayim and above all that the Jewish people were saved from the Egyptians. Sefer Mishmer is a Kodesh explains the Rashi and he says that Rashi could have not explained that Atoiva, the goodness that Israel became happy about, was the crossing of the sea and Milchemes Amolek, because they aren't inherent goodness. They are only saving from trouble, meaning Milchemes Amolek saved us from potential harm and Kriyas Yamsov also saved us from potential harm of being crushed by the Egyptians. Therefore, Rashi has to explain that Toiva, the goodness, is the Be'er, the well, the man, and the Torah, which are things that are actual goodness to the Jewish people. The only question that we will try to understand is it doesn't mention that anybody told them about those things. Because Rashi says previously that Moshe Rabbeinu only talked about the Kriyas Yamsov and Melchemes Amalek. Why all of a sudden is Israel rejoicing about the goodness, which means the Be'er, the man, and the Torah, if nobody mentioned those things, according to Rashi, to Israel. The truth is that I translated Vayichad, and he rejoiced, because that is Rashi's first interpretation. But the word Vayichad is a very hard word to translate. Rashi's first interpretation translates Vayichad from the word Chedva, which is happiness. 
But then the Mizrahi asks a question, why doesn't the Torah just write down Vayismach? Therefore, the Gemara in Sanhedrin Daf Tzadik Dalat Omadal of 94a gives two different interpretations on the word Vayichad. Rashi brings the interpretation of Shmuel, that Vayichad comes from the word Chedudim Chadudim, which means goosebumps, that Israel got goosebumps for what happened to the Egyptians. And Rav there gives an interpretation that Vayichat comes from the word Chado, that a sharp, meaning that Israel put a sharp knife on his flesh, that he circumcised at that point. We will try to give a different interpretation on the word Vayichat Israel, and also another interpretation of what Kola Toivo Hashem Israel, what all the goodness that Hashem did to the Jewish people means. The next Pasuk, Pasuk number 10 says, Vayoymer Yisro Yisro said, Baruch Hashem, blessed be Hashem, Yad Mitzrayim, that saved you from the hands of the Egyptians, Yad Paroim, from the hands of Paroi, Asher that it saved the nation, Mitachas Yad Mitzrayim, from the hands of the Egyptian, Rashi translates from the work of the Egyptian. We have to understand why is the language redundant? Because the first it says, Baruch Hashem, thanks is Hashem that saved you from the Egyptians and from the hands of Paroi, that saved the nation from the hands of the Egyptians. Why is the words hands of the Egyptians redundant? And the next thing we have to understand, why did Yisrael just say now, Baruch Hashem, blesses Hashem that saved the Jewish people from the Egyptians? Israel already heard about Kriyas with Melchem Samolek, why didn't he say Baruch Hashem at that point? What change that caused Yisroy to say Baruch Hashem now? To answer this question in a simple way, we could say that originally Yisroy just heard about Kriyas Yamsuf and just heard about Melchem Samolek, but he didn't know all the details and all the particulars. But now that Moshe Rabbeinu recounted to him all the miracles and everything that happened in the crossing of the sea, and everything that happened with Milchem Samolek, now Yisrael decided to say, Baruch Hashem, blessed be Hashem, for all the things that he did on behalf of the Jewish people. Meaning until now, he knew that Hashem did great things for the Jewish people, but didn't know how great. But now that he knows in more details, now he is really impressed and says, Baruch Hashem, blessed be Hashem, for doing all these miracles for the Jewish people. But we'll try to give a different answer on this point. The Apostle continues with the words of Israel. Israel continues and says in Pasuk number 11, Ato Yodati, now I know, Ki Godel Hashem, Mikol Ho Elohim, that Hashem is greater from all gods, Ki Badovor Asherzado, because in the same thing that they schemed, Aleim befell them. Meaning, according to Rashi, that since Israel served all other gods, now he realized that Hashem is greater than all other gods. And according to Rashi's interpretation, when we read the apostle, Ki Godel Hashem Mikol Ho Elohim, that word is not a holy name of Hashem. It means all other gods of the world. In truth, the Alshach also will interpret this way. But the Alshach will ask a very strong question on Rashi. Because according to this interpretation, it seems to be a very heretical statement. Because Yisrael seems to say that Hashem is greater than all other gods. Meaning, all other gods are great, but Hashem is the greater of all. It seems to be a heretical statement because you're giving strength and saying that all other gods 
have validation. Therefore, the Al-Sheikh says that you have to put a comma between the words God Hashem and Mikol Ho-Elohim. Meaning, now I know that Hashem is great. How do I know that Hashem is great? Mikol Ho-Elohim. Because I served all other gods and I realized that all other gods have no strength and are all foolish. But now I realize how Hashem is great. So Kigodol Hashem, I know now that Hashem is great, Mikolo Elohim, from having served all other gods. And according to the Alshach also, the name Ho Elohim is a name referring to other gods, meaning it's not the holy name of Hashem, but will give a different interpretation that will change that. We are going now to explain all the psukim that we mentioned according to the Sefer Shem and Rosh, and he brings first an introduction from Sefer Torah's Moshe on Parsha's boy, where there Hashem is describing to Moshe Rabbeinu the reason for the plagues. And there in chapter 10, verse number 2, it says, Ulamante saper de vincho ven vincho, so you may tell your sons and your sons' sons, Eis asher isalalti bemitzrayim, this that I made a mockery in Egypt, and my signs that I put among them, so that you may know that I am Hashem. The Torah's Moshe there explains that the mockery is that through all the years, anybody who saw the situation between the Egyptians and Israel would have clearly think that the gods of the Egyptians are much stronger than Hashem, the god of the Jewish people. Because all the way back from the time of Joseph, the Egyptians had plenty, while everywhere else, all the surrounding areas had famine. Even the favorite land of Hashem, Israel, also suffered from hunger, and the favorite forefather, Yaakov Avinu, also had to come to Egypt in order to be able to get food then Egypt got wealthier and wealthier, while the fortunes of the Jewish people reversed completely, because the Egyptians were able to put an iron yoke over the Jewish people and enslave them. The Egyptians were able to take the children of the Jewish people and throw them in the river, or plaster them inside the building, and nobody ever said a word against them, and the Egyptians are getting wealthier and wealthier, while the Jewish people are becoming more broken, and in all this it seems like Hashem is not doing anything, and Hashem is not intervening, and the Egyptian God is getting stronger and stronger. And many generations of the Jewish people suffered, while the generations of the Egyptians prospered, kings after kings of the Egyptians prospered. But here, after the plagues, now everybody realizes that all the prosperity that the Egyptians got was not because of the God of the Egyptians that gave them. It was all because Hashem wanted that the Jewish people, when they leave Egypt, they should have a huge wealth. Therefore, Hashem made it in such a way that Egypt should become prosperous beyond any imagination in order for the Jewish people to take out all the wealth of Egypt. And through the plagues, everybody was able to see that Hashem made a mockery in Egypt because Hashem made them believe that they prospered because of themselves, but in the end, everything was in order for the Jewish people to take this wealth out. And all the plagues was to show to the Jewish people that Hashem is a true God, and He is the one that guided all the events to this situation, 
in order to benefit the Jewish people. Sefer Shemarosh explains this story as Moshe by saying that when a simple person is going to look at the events in Egypt, he will only decide to give praise for the good part, for the salvation of the Jewish people. But in truth, all the suffering of the Jewish people was also in order that the Jewish people will get wealth. Then in truth, the person should really give praise for the whole time that the Jewish people were in Egypt, because everything was done for the benefit of the Jewish people. In the same way that if a person is going to look at the events in Egypt, he will think that the events are divided in two different periods. One period where Hashem was good to the Egyptians and bad to the Jews, and the other period where Hashem was good to the Jews and bad to the Egyptians. But in truth, this is totally a mistake, because Hashem was always good to the Jews. Even the harsh enslavement also was for the benefit of the Jewish people, as in fact Moshe Rabbeinu himself says that in chapter 4 of Devarim, verse number 20, where the Pasuk says, V'eschem lokach Hashem, and you Hashem took, eschem mikura barzel, and took you out from the iron crucible, Rashi explains, mikur, kuris hu klish mezakin boyasazov, this is a vessel that you purify the gold. In other words, we needed to be purified in order to be a nation of heritage for Hashem as this very day. In other words, Hashem made it specifically that we require to purify ourselves in order to be able to deserve to be a nation for Hashem. And Sefer Shem Roish continues and says that in the same way that we see that a seedling, in order for it to grow, in order for it to flourish, first it has to completely be destroyed and only then it could start to flourish. And clearly he says that in order for us to be able to receive the Torah, we had to first get rid of all our issues, all our problems. Could be that because we had sinas chinam, we had hatred towards another. As we see from the story of Yosef, that the brothers were against Yosef, and the brothers of the Bechira of Leah were against the children of Bila and Zilpah. And the only way to take out hatred between brothers is to enslave them all, to make them all equal. Then you're able to create a nation that is going to serve Hashem. And he says that you could see clearly that this was a good thing, because when Avram Avinu was told about the destruction of Zdam, Avram Avinu tried to negotiate and tried to say that if among the Sodomites is a righteous person, will you destroy the town? And yet, when Hashem told that his children are going to be slaves, Avram Avinu doesn't do anything to intercede for his children. Then obviously, that must have been a good thing, because otherwise Avram Avinu would have started negotiating with Hashem. And besides that, the Medrash Rabbi in Lech Lecha, Parsha Mem Dalet, Simon Chof Aleph brings down, Shavram Birer Esagolius, that Avram Avinu clearly chose exile for the Jewish people. So we see that being exiled and enslaved was a good thing for the Jewish people. It was not a punishment or harshness against the Jewish people. According to this, Sefer Shemen Roish explains that this was Yisroi's mistake. Yisroi originally thought that there was two stages in the history of the Jewish people. One, where Hashem used justice against the Jewish people, meaning Hashem enslaved the Jewish people and caused the Jewish people pain and gave 
the Egyptians' mercy, and the second stage where actually the Jewish people received mercy and the Egyptians became enslaved. Therefore, the Pasuk starts, Yisro, the minister of Midian, the father-in-law of Moshe, heard, Everything that Elohim, the attribute of justice, had done to Moshe and to Israel, his nation, meaning Israel heard and knew what Elohim, the harsh judgment, had done to the Jewish people, that they had been enslaved. And he saw Hashem as Israel that now Hashem, the attribute of mercy, took out the Jewish people from Egypt. Therefore, after the attribute of mercy, the attribute of salvation took out the Jewish people from Egypt, now Israel decided to join the Jewish people. Meaning, Israel saw two clear stages in the history of the Jewish people. One where Elohim where the attribute of justice dealt with the Jewish people that he enslaved them, and Israel saw the mercy that Hashem saved us. Therefore, after Hashem saved us, Israel decided to come and join the Jewish people. But Moshe Rabbeinu is teaching Israel that this is not so. Moshe Rabbeinu on Pasuk number 8 says, By supper Moshe Lechosnoi, Moshe Rabbeinu tells his father-in-law, also Hashem al Israel. Everything that happened to Paran Mitzrayim, that they became wealthy, that they were on top of the world, was all in the middle of Hashem, was the merciful Al-Oidos Israel on behalf of the Jewish people. Meaning, Moshe Rabbeinu was teaching Israel that everything that happened, even the enslavement, was a mercy from Hashem on behalf of the Jewish people. All the trouble that had befallen them on the way, meaning all the enslavement, was all because Vayatzilam Hashem, because Hashem had the purpose to saving them. The whole purpose of the enslavement in Egypt was a benefit to the Jewish people, was all from the attribute of mercy of Hashem. It was not from the attribute of Elohim, of justice of Hashem. It was all in the attribute of mercy. Everything, all the goodness that the Egyptian got, was all Al-Oidus Israel was all because of the Jewish people. So that is something that Israel didn't know. Israel knew about Yitzhak Mitzrayim, but he didn't know that even the enslavement was a benefit for the Jewish people. He thought that there was two stages. One stage is the stage of Elohim, where Hashem was meting out justice against the Jewish people. And the second stage is Hashem, where Hashem was merciful to the Jewish people. But in truth, everything was in the attribute of Hashem. Everything was for the benefit of the Jewish people. Hashem was only doing goodness for the Jewish people. Therefore, says Sefer Shemeroish, after Israel understood what Moshe Rabbeinu is teaching him, that everything Hashem did was for the good, and there was no Elohim, there was no attribute of justice against the Jewish people. In Mitzrayim, where everything was in the name of Hashem, Everything was for the goodness of the Jewish people. Therefore, Vayichad Israel, Israel rejoiced. And the reason that it's written Vayichad and it's not written Vayismach Israel, that Israel became happy, is because Vayichad has a double meaning. One is the meaning that he rejoiced. In the second is the meaning Vayichad and he made one. He made the name of Hashem that worked with the Jewish people in Egypt one. He did not have the two names of Hashem, Elohim, and Hashem, Yudke Vavke. 
he had only one name now of Hashem because he learned the lesson of Moshe Rabbeinu that Moshe Rabbeinu told them that everything that Hashem did in Egypt, even the enslavement, was the mercy of Hashem. It was the Shem Yudke Vavke. Therefore, Vayichad Yisroi, Yisroi made the name of Hashem one and he rejoiced, Al Kol for all the goodness Asher also Hashem Yisrael that Hashem did to the Jewish people. Meaning, even the enslavement was a goodness for the Jewish people. And besides, Asher Yitziloimiyad Mitzrayim, the fact that Hashem saved them from Egypt, meaning Yisrael realized that both the enslavement and the salvation, both were Asher also Hashem, both were from the attribute of mercy of Hashem. And then Sefer Shemarosh explains that somebody who believes in the first opinion, meaning that there is two stages, one stage where the Jewish people were punished, where the Jewish people were hurt, and the second stage where the Jewish people were saved, then that person will never praise Hashem completely. Because the only reason you praise Hashem is because He's doing to you goodness all the time. But if you believe that there was a bully that's beating you up, and all of a sudden the bully stops beating you, there is no reason to praise Hashem. You're quite opposite. You'll even be upset at Hashem for putting the bully in the first place. The same thing, even though Hashem saved you from enslavement, but we would have blamed Hashem for enslaving us for so long. The only reason that we are going to praise Hashem is if we believe that everything, the enslavement and the salvation, all was for the goodness of the Jewish people. Therefore, after Yisroi realized this message from Moshe Rabbeinu that everything that transpired with the Jewish people was all for the benefit of the Jewish people, Yisroi further says, Here, Baruch Hashem, Asher Yitzhileschem, Yad Mitzrayim, Miyad Paroi. Thank you, Hashem, for saving you from the hand of Mitzrayim, if Yad Paroi. And also, Baruch Hashem, Asher Yitzhileschem, Yad Mitzrayim. And thank you for the enslavement in Egypt. Meaning, Israel is now praising Hashem for the whole package. One, for the enslavement in Egypt, and second, for the salvation in Egypt. That's why there is two different times, Asher Yitzhileschem, Yad Mitzrayim. Because one is Hashem saving us from the Egyptians, meaning taking us out to freedom. And the second one is for the enslavement itself. That in itself we require to thank Hashem. And therefore, after he does that, he says, Ato Yodati, now I know that Hashem is great, that the name of Hashem is even great from the pains, meaning from the pains I realize that the name of Hashem was involved there. There was not the attribute of justice in Egypt. It was only the attribute of mercy. So now I know how great is the attribute of Hashem, which I thought originally was Elohim, was the name of strong of Hashem, the punishment of Hashem. But now I realize that everything was from the attribute of mercy. Therefore, Elohim now, is the name of Hashem that denotes the attributes of justice. So now, after Moshe Rabbeinu taught Yisroi that everything Hashem does is for the good of the Jewish people, now Yisroi learned that the attribute of Hashem is even greater from what he thought was the attribute of justice, that this is really the mercy of Hashem that he caused us this trouble in order for us to become one nation and in order for us to receive the Torah.
Sefer Shemen Roish continues and says that this idea is also echoed in Tehillim, Kof Zion 107, where there the Tehillim describes the four people that are required to bless the Goimel, the thanksgiving, when they were saved from their troubles, and they are somebody who was journeying in the desert and found his destination, somebody that was in prison and was freed, somebody that was ill and became cured, and somebody that was in a sea journey and was able to arrive safely. And unless we recognize that the bad situations that we are in were somewhat to the good of us, meaning that the jail that we are in or the sickness that we had, this was really for our good, then it's impossible for us to really give praise to Hashem because you would tell Hashem, do not give me the sickness, you do not need to heal me, do not put me in jail, then I do not need to be freed. Therefore, he says, that this is what the Tilam is trying to tell us, that that we have to give praise to Hashem, because forever it's His goodness. Not only when He healed us, it's His goodness, but even when He put us in jail, or He got us sick, that is still His goodness. Even in the bad situations, His goodness is also there. Therefore, we're giving praise, because if we wouldn't recognize that there is goodness in the bad situations, then we would not give praise, because we would ask Hashem, don't put us in that situation. And He says that this idea is not only in those days, this idea applies to every day in our life. Every day in our lives we have certain things that don't go our way. We have sometimes problems with Parnassim. We have sometimes problems with our kids. Sometimes problems with our health. Sometimes we have problems with Shiduchem. And even if, unfortunately, these situations never get resolved, meaning that the person never gets married, or the person never gets healed, or the person never gets Parnassa, nonetheless he has to understand and he has to know for sure that everything that Hashem does is for the good, even though now he doesn't understand it. In the same way that the Jews that were born in Egypt and died in Egypt as slaves before the redemption never realized or never understood how that is for the good, but nonetheless eventually it was for the good because that got us to receive the Torah. But those people who lived and died in Egypt never knew how that was for the good. So too you have to know for sure that this is for the good even though you don't know exactly how that is. And this message is the message that Parshas Isro is telling us and this message is so important for the Jewish people to know that Hashem specifically put it right next to the Ten Commandments in order for you never to forget that everything that Hashem does is for the good. And Hashem's book should help that all this goodness that we don't understand should be revealed by the coming of the Mashiach, by the rebuilding of the Beis Hamikdash, by Meheru, by Yomeinu, Amen.